Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 25 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Duncan Go Nuts. And I'm joined here by one of my best friends, Demarcus, a.k.a. Nigga Marcus. You got any a.k.a.s today? A.k.a. Mr. Athleisure. My favorite style of clothing to wear. I finally get to wear some. The weather's just right. About 65. I'm ready. You are under loving, under armor loving ass nigga. Rep the brand. Maybe they'll sponsor us. You know what? Now I'm not even going to hate. You got the vision. You got the vision, King. All right. We have an exciting show for you all today. We're going to get into a scandalous story from a now canceled podcast, Thoughts Next Door, as we put on our Sherlock Woe chats. We're going to give you the RPO, the run pass option. You already know what it is. It's where we give you all the biggest headlines in sports news for the week and let you know whether we are going to run with them or pass on them. We are going to get into the fly route for Cam Newton, who is a free agent this offseason. We are going to get into our all-star weekend breakdown, give you all the events, participants, and let you know where we think things are going. And last but not least, we are going to give a big ballers bouquet to, at this point, Dallas hero, Dak Prescott. He might leave, too, because we got the Kirk Cousins him. Hey, look, I ain't say it. You hurt? Not yet, but March 10th. It's coming. I I know it is, but yeah. All right. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Welcome to the tee off. Oh, spill that tea, sis. This is how we like to start our show off. We like to spill some tea on some of our favorite athletes and the crazy situations they get themselves into. This week, we have a, a little bit under the radar story. It blew up for a bit, but the details did not. It's the, a different take than we normally approach the tee off with. It is. There are not any. Let me say verified receipts. Well, no we did some research reports. for you. We, oh, we did some research. Just like usually we like to hit people with the police reports, you know, athletes tweeting on themselves. You know, people love to snitch on themselves. But this week we have a little bit more speculation that we had to dive deep on about a now canceled podcast called Thoughts Next Door. A spinoff of the No Jumper brand with Adam 22, which like is Adam 22. But it's about a person that's friends with Selena Powell, who's, I guess, like a kind of popular thought. Okay. I mean, what else would you call influencer? I was going to go with influencer. You okay, know, I guess I, that's more PC. Go ahead. We'll go with I that. was going to go with influencer, but call it whatever you want to call it. Right, one of her friends, Eliza, that she ran this podcast with before it got canceled for like some, I guess, controversial reasons, unsurprisingly, how we got here, (laughs) right? But she told a story on No Jumper, then again on their podcast, about, uh, I want to say it's like Memorial Weekend 2019, during her birthday weekend, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think it would be best to hear it from the horse's mouth. Let her tell it. Uh Uh-huh. 
Hey, on my birthday, my birthday is Memorial Day weekend. Uh-huh. On my birthday, I seen them all at Dre's, like this one team. Okay. She's so shy. It's just so cute, <laughs> baby. Like it. And Those are the type of friends you need. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, let's keep going. And I don't know. I was getting fucked in a hotel room. They all pulled up, and I sucked their. Put the mic down. The whole team. Seven. Seven basketball players in a row. Mm-hmm. How was that? I was <laughs> oh fucked up. God. I didn't fuck any of them though. Walked in mid. Me getting fucked. How did they walk the in? Where were you? In the hotel room. So I was fucking like someone that works with the team, and I know, I know that team because I've hooked up with them before. The but they team. all pulled up. No, not the whole team. <laughs> okay. Like a few of them. They all just pulled up. They knew I was in there, and they were like, "Let's get lit." And they were just sitting around the bed, and they just rotated. Wow. Yeah. That's tight. Yo, they all love you. <laughs> so you don't look back. Do you look back at this as a positive memory? Yeah, I don't care. It was lit. Hell yeah. Yeah. First and foremost. Oh, Demarcus. Had, the- go ahead. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I First and foremost, here at the Fly Route Pod, we do not condone slut shaming. Own that shit. Oh, absolutely not. And apparently she made the bag off this story. She went from like 3,000 followers to like 60 plus K, made a ton of money on OnlyFans, charging like $23 a month, which, which I'm not sure about the OnlyFans market and where it gets Oh, that's high. Okay. I can so, tell you that's high. <laughs> <laughs> so like she was balling off this story. Like at first she didn't say what team it was. Everybody had to speculate. We here at the Fly Route Podcast did our speculation, trying to set up the NBA calendar, where teams were at, what teams it could be. We did some big J journalism, as Colin Calhoun would say. (laughs) And we came to the conclusion that, like, there was really no teams that would have been there for league activities at the time. She's talking about Dre's nightclub in Mm -hmm. Vegas. Right. We also know there was a Dre's in Hollywood. We like looked up some L.A. shit. Uh, but at that point in time, it's like conference finals. Right. So like, there's not many teams available. But luckily for us, they decided to get into some more detail about which teams and even which players, which might surprise you. It's also messy as fuck. Like, I'm all for it. Like, do what you do. Do what makes you happy. But damn. She was out of some a lot of niggas' business. Only a couple got named. Um, you know, it was apparently some an all-star lineup though. Seven straight niggas. They could have filled up like they fit, filled out a starting five. And had a little bench it rotation. Could have and the six man. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently there were more than six men in this room. Okay. So let, let's well first, I wanna how is she shy? Cause First off, you're on a podcast. Mm-hmm. You're not shy. Two, you say you're shy and then immediately cop to second seven dicks. And while you're telling that story, it's like, yeah, I've hooked up with the team before. And she was like, it was seven NBA players and a pop, like, it's not a, a possible, but no, it was a seven NBA players and a team manager of some sort. Well, there's one more person involved we don't know about. So, so nine, nine in total. There's at least 10 people in this hotel room. There's her. So she says, before the team comes in, she's with the the coach or manager or some team employee. Yes. And they're having a three-way with someone else, one of his friends. Mm-hmm. Who I also assume, assume is some way affiliated with, at this point in the pod, unknown NBA team. Right. So there's that. 
And then Seven come in, which I thought he did some great interviewing there. He said, how did they get in? Oh, yeah. He's like, the whole team, please give us numbers. Like, <laughs> like for all the shit we want to give Adam-22, he's asking the questions that need answers. Correct. So, there's the whole situation. We did some investigation. Mm-hmm. We figured out it was the Dre's in Vegas, like he said. Looked up. We're like, no team should be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Looked up. Okay, well, who could it be? According to these ladies, the entire NBA, if you're not in the playoffs, on these week- Memorial Day weekend, you're in Vegas. So that leaves us like 28 teams. Demarcus, 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 why speculate ourselves when we have such a gifted mouth to let us know the details of this a, situation? A gifted mouth? Man, you're looking a gift horse in the mouth is what you're doing. Uh, play the clip. Wow. <laughs> double clip. down, nigga. Okay. All your double entendres. Okay, so I had already previously fucked with like three of the players, so I was familiar with the team. I'm friends with two of the guys that work on the team. I was in Vegas for my birthday, Memorial Day weekend. Uh-huh. Everyone's like, they were never there Memorial Day weekend. They were not playing. We were people that said this. We had these same questions. And we-, we found the receipts. Okay. Look. Every single NBA basketball team was in Vegas Memorial Day weekend that year. They were turning up. Vegas is the place to be for Memorial Day weekend, okay? Yes, yeah, so they, they were all at Dre's. Okay. I see my favorite team, the ones that I know. <laughs> the Suns, okay? I see them. They invite Favorite team. <laughs> what does she mean by that? <laughs> Look, the Suns are her favorite team. As in on the court or off the court? Maybe both. Mm. Please continue. Okay. Me to their table. I'm, I'm like, hell yeah, it's my 21st birthday. Let's go up. But I was with one of the workers. I was like, I want to be with you tonight. I want to fuck you tonight. Mm. So we're mm. at the club. Yeah, yeah, that's why fine. not? That's exactly. Yo, Selena Powell said something that was very, very not even telling. Just like I respect that shit. This nigga was just like, so you just told that nigga you wanted to fuck, and she's like, yeah, that's how you get fucked. But also, fair. He must have felt like such a special guy. That this, <laughs> he's in a club full of apparently influencers no, with NBA players. Four fifths of the league apparently is in town. And she chose him. He's in a, he's at a club with a whole basketball team. Basically, he's like, oh, well, look at me not look, doing too I, bad for I, myself. I bestow upon you the right to put it in me, and that's a little bit much. That's basically what she yeah, said. Nigga, I mean, I would not call it a right. Uh, I well, she say, said, I'm choosing you hey, to do chose. this. He got chose. He yeah. did get chose. Yeah, she, look, little did he know she was trying to catch him all that night. Okay. All right. Ash, catch him. <laughs> the club. So we're at He's the table. He's at the club. Yeah, yeah, That's why fine. not? That's exactly. I was, That's so we're at the club, and it's kind of awkward because, like, the players that I have fucked were sitting there with, like, a ton of bitches. Oh, so you, like, you had already oh, smashed God, they're all seeing me. Yes. Okay. Yes, in the past. How many of the niggas had you already smashed? Three. Okay. Yeah. So, we go to the room, and he brought one of his friends to the room. So, it was just me and his two friends. We're having a threesome. Uh, so, wait, uh, you said him and his two friends? One. Okay. One friend. So. Details are important. Getting, when the Suns players walked into the hotel room, okay, I was butt-ass naked, Sucking dick, getting fucked from the back. So I'm like in doggy, right? So you already just got it cracking. Yes. Okay. And then they all walk in unannounced 
And I'm butt ass naked, like having this threesome. I'm like, oh my god. That's not okay. So I grabbed the sheet and I like put it over me. And my birthday. Those dudes like move. What? I gotta go back to this question. How did they get in? Because if they're the three people in the room are engaged in mm-hmm. intercourse, mm-hmm. who opened the door? Did they have a room key? Because this, if they had a room key, this feels real planned. I, I mean, based on like the end of the story, like part of the story, we won't play how she woke up with another player in the room just sleeping, and he was like, "Bitch, you fell asleep in my room." Yeah, I'm in here. I just let you sleep. It sounds like the team managers, whoever they were. We're using that player's room Ooh. to fuck, which is some foul nigga shit. That That's just some foul. Unless like, these niggas had planned this situation, which at then then you're just like, y'all niggas is still foul, but you not foul towards your boys. But if 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 you use some niggas' room to have a threesome in it, and that nigga does not know and gets in the bed, yeah, after. Bruh, yes, oh, that is le- yo, yes, son. Mm, yes, I'd be oh, very upset. I would be mad as hell, but. <laughs> Niggas is niggas is just foul, bro. There's probably some rookie or something though. A rookie's room, probably. Ah, damn. Could you imagine the team manager probably has access to all their room keys? Mm-hmm. We're like, mm, let's fuck with the rookie, or just like you don't give a fuck because he a rookie and he taking his. And the story of like sucking off seven niggas in a room is it just sounds like young nigga activities. Absolutely. Like young niggas love doing stupid shit. Even though, like, even when I was a young nigga, you could not get me in a room with seven other dicks with one girl. Like, (laughs) nigga, I'm just being honest. Please continue. Just ignore me. That's not something you could get me to do. Period. But, like, that is something that just sounds like young dude, like 20, 21-year-old activity. Some Some of these dudes in the league are, like, 19. Real quick, though. Another story we had earlier in the pod with Earl Thomas. So, and he was apparently doing a three with his brother. So which is worse, that or this? Brother. Brother is definitely worse because y'all blood. Like, that's just like, I, I on, agree. Son. Like, you can't, it's hard to pick, but it's easy to pick because like both situations is foul. And, but the second is obviously one that Many, 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 many dudes have been in. The first is... The brother? No, the second. Okay, that, that's, okay. that's the first one. Okay. The okay. second one is Stop Next Door. Yes, chronologically. The first one with, with Earl Thomas, mm-hmm. that's one I have to imagine less people have had the chance to experience. Is chance the right word for that? Or not even chance. Let me just say less people have wanted the opportunity. Wanted, yes, very key. Yes, yes. Let's get into it. You got that clip? I'm gonna finish the clip. Yeah. And then Devin comes and sits on the front of the bed, and he's like, "Yo, so they like." So- that is Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Tell me about you. I don't fuck. I want you to suck my dick. And they're all sitting around the bed. They're like, "Yeah, do it. Like, let let's run a train or whatever." And I was like, "Okay, look, but I will suck your like, like, dick if you guys all leave." So then they're like, "Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, we'll do that." Okay. So they're all sitting around the bed, like recording this shit. Wait, so but like, you you told you told them you would suck the one guy's dick if they all left the room. Yeah. And then they didn't leave the room. Yeah, but I was down though. Like after I did that, they just rotated. And I was like, "Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna do this." Okay. The first and foremost thing I want to say is. Sounds like there are seven to nine people mm-hmm. formerly or currently associated 
with the Suns organization whose iClouds are in an extremely precarious situation. Have they already been hacked? Hopefully they just have good passwords and other shit. I strongly doubt that. Are you saying that she's lying then? Oh, I don't think she's lying. I doubt they have strong passwords. (laughs) 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 It's just a matter of time. Yikes. Okay. That was some crazy shit. Let us know what you think about this. And most importantly, that was your tee off. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Spit that tea, sis. Spit that tea, sis. Y'all is Tony Playboy. Let's get into the RPO run pass options segment for the day where we give you the biggest headlines and sports news for the week and let you know whether we are going to run with them or pass on them. All right, DeMarcus, I want to start you off with something that's, you know, a little softer. Christoph Porzingis. Big, big rumors and news about the Mavericks possibly shopping him around. We've heard a lot of talks about them talking to the Warriors who could be looking for another big, even though Mark Cuban has denied the rumors, which I don't put much stake in because he is the owner of the team. Are you running or passing on this? I'll run. I'm scared because I like the way that both of these teams are put together. I don't think either team has the chance to... win a championship with or without the trade. No, I say either team, I mean the, the Mavericks or the Warriors. I do not believe if the Warriors traded for Kristaps Porzingis right now that they would be even a top three team to win a championship in the West. Okay. I don't think that Kristaps solves the problem for the Warriors, which is they need more shooting outside of Steph because the other guys are streaky. And the only player who can fix that problem perfectly it's Clay Thompson. He's not walking through that door this year. And so I think it would be a mistake to trade away assets for KP if you can't get a chip. Because I think Wiseman can be at least 80% of what we think KP can be in a year or two. Wiseman's coming along well. Not quite there yet as a rookie. But as a big man, can do well. And then you can just add some free agent depth behind him. As opposed to trading away pieces to get KP. Which if you're getting KP, you're trading away something substantial. At least like a Kelly Oubre, I would imagine. Okay. Um, the second is for the Mavs. I actually like the way the Mavs are put together right now with KP and Luka. Though they have underperformed, I think some of that is just generally spacing for the team after the loss of Curry in the offseason. And that KP has not looked as good post-injury as he did in the bubble pre-injury. And so, and of course, Luka even says he can play better. And so I don't think, I think the team has considered it is good, possible fringe playoff team like they were last year. But I don't think trading KP away is great for future years. The whole point of getting KP was to pair two stars together. And if you get rid of him, where's your second star coming from? It's hard to find that second star in the NBA these days. And so hold on to the ones you have. All right, let's move a little bit west. Arizona, J.J. Watt just signs a huge two-year, $31 million, 23 guaranteed deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Run. Or pass? I'll pass, but really quickly, I want to say, you know, we talked about this last week. We thought that he would go somewhere where he would have a chance to win. I said that he would go to Cleveland. You said that he may go to Green Bay or Tampa Bay. 
And we kind of thought that J.J. Watt at this stage of his career was wanting to win. But apparently it was about the money. Got that bag. <clears throat> Show me the money. Because they backed it up for 16 a year, which at this stage of his career is still a lot of money. That's top tier pass rusher money. For them, even though they got him, they may not even win their division. Yet alone win a championship. I, I just don't see it happening. But he got that bag. He did. But did he need the bag? He wanted the bag, and that's all that matters. That's fair. Like, it's two years. Maybe he feels like he has enough left in the tank that after this contract, he can maybe do something more along the lines of what we thought. Maybe. All right. Look, NBA COVID news, COVID and crossovers. Real quick hit. You know, we saw the Tampa Bay Raptors Mm -hmm. have a huge string of COVID run through them. They lost five plus players, the majority of their coaching staff for an extended period of time. We've seen a couple teams have to put people on the COVID list who will have people on their team show up to all-star weekend. You know, Gasol's on the list. Doesn't mean he has it to be clear, but we also have some Lakers that will be in the all-star game. We know D Rose is on the list Mm -hmm. and we know that OB Toppin will be in the dunk contest. So he'll also be in Atlanta that weekend. Does this worry you any? Absolutely. Uh, mostly NBA schedule-wise, these teams, um, for example, the Raptors, for example, who've had a COVID outbreak, who've had to have games postponed. The NBA is just running out of time to make up some of these games. And it, it's really altering the way this season is playing out. I mean, there's you know, Katie getting pulled and put back in and pulled from random games that they could win or lose. There are outbreaks where people are getting pulled off the floor in warm-ups, basically. And so this is really going to affect a lot of things for the league. I think, for example, the betters, which is a big part of the NBA, is people gambling on the league. And if you don't even know who's going to be there every night, which is a big part of the line for the game, it really, really wrecks that and makes it difficult. Okay. And the last one is something that I think is a little fun here. I want your most surprising team of the NBA season so far. So it's the Celtics, actually, and not for a good reason. Um, I am softening my stance on that team from Boston, and they have, even even if we're being generous, seriously underperformed. If we are being a realist or being honest, that team has played poorly considering what we expected of them and what they have been doing the past few years. They have regularly been in the Eastern Conference Finals with or without their star player. And I didn't think that the injury to Marcus Smart would have this big of an impact on them, but it has and they don't have much outside of the kind of top three or four on their roster. Kimba's not looking great. Tatum and Brown have been okay, but not exactly where we thought Tatum would be. Brown has had a few flashes. And then Smart's been out since like mid-January. I mean, Brown has had his best NBA season. Oh, So and, let's give him pop, credit there. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I underplayed that a little bit. Yes. I'm not saying Brown has been playing bad, but there's not enough depth on this team to compete with some of the dogs in the East. And so they're surprising in that they are a disappointment. Okay. For me, it's the Utah Jazz. And for very great reason. I mean, yes, of course, dude. The Utah Jazz are 27-8 and eight right now. That is insane. And it's not like because the Jazz were bad or anything. It's not like they had a Suns-level turnaround or anything mm-hmm. like that. No. But, like, the Suns made sense. I expected the Suns to be great getting Chris Paul. I did not expect this type of a jump from the Utah Jazz. I think Mike Connolly is really starting to mesh with that system. 
He's healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. He's working well next to Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert's scoring is up. I did not expect this team to become the best three-point shooting team in the league. That's reasonable. Right. And it's it was the most shocking thing to me of the season. Is that like they are far and ahead, almost four games in first place, and it doesn't look like anybody I'm not going to make the prediction that nobody will catch them because we still have a lot of season ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the West is kind of way closer bunched together. And it's the Jazz up and alone by themselves. I don't disagree. I want to go to something that's a little more, a little less time sensitive, maybe, but sensitive for our hearts. So we are a little bit past a year. Um, of the accident that took the life of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, along with seven other individuals. And there has been some push by different people, media, players, etc., that think that Kobe Bryant should be the new NBA logo. Run or pass on this? Run, man. I am running. I actually love this by like players like Kyrie Irving, Stack, etc., and pushing for Kobe to be the logo. And I feel like it's important because of who Kobe Bryant is and what he kind of represents to the NBA as a whole, to the idea like the Mamba mentality, the way his craft and the word I want to use is intensity for the game rubbed off on generations after him. And I think memorializing him in a way like that is great. I also think that like, the NBA doesn't have a strong case for not changing the logo, right? Everybody knows it's Jerry West, but the league wouldn't even publicly admit that it's Jerry West. Jerry West is like, he doesn't even particularly want to be the logo. He finds it embarrassing. He thinks that other players are more deserving of it than him. Mm-hmm. And a main issue that Kyrie pointed out was just like black players are the blood, sweat, and tears of this league. They have built this league and the logo being black should represent that. And I haven't heard any good argument against Kobe being the logo that is not just like we have X other player who is also great, who could be the logo like MJ, Kareem, Russell, etc. And that is fine. But I think that Kyrie's motive for this was a little bit larger and mm-hmm. representing what these type of people have done for this organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm with it. I would love to have Kobe as a logo, but I'll, I'll, one quick thing, black players were the lifeblood of the league. Even when Jerry West was playing, the reason he doesn't feel like he deserves it is not because there are better black players, but because he repeatedly could not win the finals. Like I almost like, it's like say it's like six or seven times he went and didn't win until he got, I want to say Elgin Baylor. And so he don't really think that when he won it, it was him. It was Elgin. But I'll go back to another team we were just talking about, the Celtics. So we just talked about they've been underperforming, that they, although they have have missed Marcus Smart, they still have talent on this team. And in the past, Coach Brad Stevens has been able to figure it out and kind of get it together. And this team has never really gotten to where we think they could or should be most of the years. Is Brad Stevens on the hot seat? And if he is, do you think that he should go, run or pass? Man, pass on him leaving. Brad Stevens should not be on a hot seat at all. 
I really feel like this is mad recency bias for the Celtics. Yes, we expected the Celtics to overperform their current play this season, but it's not like they're not a playoff team. It's not like they cannot make a run. And I feel like Brad Stevens should have the cachet from all the years that they overperformed expectations prior to this. Like, season Kyrie was there. Kyrie not being there. They lose what was supposed to be their best player. Somehow still make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, mm-hmm. they did not win it, but they actually battled tough. Gave Bron some issues. Those type of runs where he was clearly able to shine the talent of the players that he had there means that even if somehow they terribly did not make the playoffs this year or were a first-round exit, which I would not be super shocked by, Brad Stevens has the cachet that you want to give him more time. At least a couple more years. It's not like the players don't like him. It's not like there's beef in the locker room. It's like they have a front court issue they need to solve and losing Marcus Smart hurt their perimeter defense a ton. Hold, be patient, do not somehow let this be another Doc Rivers situation because he will Mm. go to another team, coach those people up, and embarrass your organization. Don't disagree. We've been real heavy on the NBA. Let's hop over to the NFL. There was a recent report last week about possible trade destinations for Russell Wilson. He listed the Cowboys, the Bears, the Raiders. The Bears? The Bears? Runner pass on the teams that he listed, and specifically your team that you seem to be real interested in. The Bears? Runner pass. Run, run, run. Look, even though I do not believe that the Seahawks will pull the trigger on Russell Wilson, and there's no way that they're going to let him go, the Russ reports from his camp have not been great. He clearly has a really frayed relationship with Pete Carroll. He doesn't Mm -hmm. believe he has enough input. He's even talking about how Pete Carroll's sons have too much influence in the organization, calling it like kind of nepotism. Like they have not earned that much influence and sway that they have. And I feel like it's kind of hard to fix a relationship when you start talking about that man's sons like that. Well, I would say it is if it's now in the public, it's been going on behind the scenes for a while. There had to at least been some grumblings and maybe a conversation or two between Russ and the team, whether it be Pete Carroll, the GM, whoever, about this. I think they'll find a way to make it work, but it's going to be real close. Look, we're hearing Saints, Bears, the other teams are like Dallas. Mm-hmm. And Las Vegas. And Vegas. I feel like the Raiders and the Saints are the least likely of two. And if it happens, it's most likely Chicago because we will give up a haul to get him because Ryan Pace needs a quarterback to keep his job. And Dallas only seems likely if you believe they somehow tag and trade Zeke or something like that. And I, mean I just, that. Sorry, try to, thank you. Tag and trade Dak or something like that. But like, man, all of Chicago is super fucking thirsty for this, including myself. <laughs> like, I am parched, nigga. And Russ is just, he he's he's mixing it up this time. He's not cooking it up. He's mixing it up. And I, I am personally in love with this. So that was your run pass option. Let us know where you think Russ could possibly go if he's going to go. But most importantly, we want to know what your most surprising NBA team of the season was.
let's get into the fly route for the day. Man, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. He's a free agent after what we can lightly put as a turbulent season in New England. Cam is a free agent again. And the question on my mind is, what is the fly route for Superman? Superman needs to keep flying west, west, and then up into the mountains. It's Denver. I think it's a great situation for him. Denver is likely going to be in the market for a quarterback. John Elway just relinquished the GM job, and they hired a guy by the name of George Patton. Interesting name, by the way. He was former U.S. general. I digress. And Patton is probably not sold on Drew Locke either or married to him or has any relationship with him whatsoever. So it's not going to have any problem with cutting him. Their coach, Vic Fangio, he's 62. He's been there for two years. He's 12 and 20 in those two years and probably needs a winning season this year to stick around next year. And more importantly, for Cam's perspective, the Broncos have really good personnel. So they have Cortland Sutton, who's a pretty solid wide receiver coming off of injury. They got last year's first round draft pick, Jerry Judy, who's expected to be really good. Outside of that, they got a lot of depth as well. They got some receivers in the name of Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, who they think are going to develop into some nice pieces. And that's that's decent right there. You got some receivers. They got a tight end last year, uh, Noah Fant, who actually led the team in catches with over 62 uh, receptions. They have a decent run game. They ranked 13th in the league last year. The defense is kind of middle of the pack, 18th. But if you add Cam, that's a pretty solid team. Hard division, but with the now expanded wild card system, you could probably have a winning season and make the wild card game. The Pats are not hot um, as far as personnel goes. Their best receiver last year is Julian Edelman, who missed. Oh, he was super hurt. I think I, he was games. super hurt. I think the best mm-hmm. receiver was he- Nikhil Harry by Well, far. Nikhil Harry, yes. But I mean, the veteran was Edelman. Expected to have Edelman as the veteran, Harry as the younger guy. Edelman was out 10 games, turns, I believe, 34 in May. Harry is still obviously young and he's just one player. Do you would you be surprised if Bill Belichick just cut Julian Edelman? Absolutely not. Yeah. I would not. It's I would, about that time, actually. That New England clock, hey, it, it ain't never late. Right. And even though Harry was the best receiver per se. The kind of most consistent player was actually a guy by the name of Jacoby Myers, I believe, who had 50 receptions. Wasn't super hot, but was consistent at least. Him and Cam have like a little, a little bit, bit of a connection. connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think looking at the options for Denver, they're not in the top of the draft. There are There's going to be a quarterback carousel this offseason, about to start next week, really, I believe, with the free agency and tag and franchise tag deadline coming up on the 9th. And Locke has been, mm, he is, was three and five in his first year. Um, or I mean, he was sorry, he was four and one in his first year, but then four and nine this past year. And he has like one of the worst completion percentages in the NFL. Right, right. 64 last year, 57 this year. It It's not great. There's nothing there to show that there is a sign of inspiration, et cetera. There's been no real flashes, et cetera. And so I don't think Denver sold on him. I think it's easy to convince Cam to come out to Denver. A lot of players have kind of re-emerged in Denver and kind of helped their careers. I think of guys, mostly Peyton Manning, who did really well in Denver. But secondly, Demarcus Ware. 
who left Dallas, got cut, went to Denver as a free agent, and then played amazingly. He was a part of those Super Bowl teams. He obviously had at least a few more years left in the tank. He was putting up double-digit sacks for those first couple of years. And so from both sides, this kind of works out. They have cap space. They have the fifth most cap space in the league with $47 million, which is just behind New England, who will have, I believe, $68 million. So they can pay him, for the most part, just as much as New England can, and New England has more holes to fill. And so I think the fire out for Cam is to go to Denver, have them pick up a few pieces on the for the offense and the defense, and make it work. All right, I think the fly route is sticking in New England. And I know it's going to sound weird because the last season didn't go very hot, but I think there are two things that will kind of be short for Cam Newton this offseason. One is money because the cap is going down, so a lot of teams are going to have to penny pinch in a bunch of different ways. And the second is goodwill because his last season statistically wasn't that great, right? And I think that everywhere besides the Pats, that is going to impact his chances to get that contract or get that job. And then he's going to have to learn a whole new system again. He's going to have to learn whole new players again. And he's at a place where he needs to re-up his value, not have a second shaky year in a row with a whole different organization. And because of that, I like New England a lot. The first and foremost is that I don't see a team like the Broncos who have that cap space aren't in a bad spot in the draft, but not like super great making Cam Newton a their only quarterback or B automatically their starting quarterback. And Cam wants to be a starter in this league. And I think that we both know he has a long leash, at least play wise in new England. Like he got sat several games, but was always a starter again. Belichick has said nothing but amazing things about him, his work ethic, the way he leads on the team, and we know Belichick likes him. So even if New England gets a different quarterback, it's probably going to be somebody young, and he's probably going to get to play the bridge role with a pretty long leash. The second thing is that Cam Newton has a very particular skill set. At this point, he's not passing the greatest, but he is still running well. He had like 12 rushing touchdowns last year. And people like Lamar Jackson and Mitch Trubisky all kind of say something to me. Very frequently in this league, it is hard for you to get a head coach and an offensive coordinator that will build a system around you instead of trying to fit you into their system. New England did that. Last year, they built a system around Cam. They built a system around Cam's strengths. Cam got those 12 rushing touchdowns. He rushed over four yards a carry. That is something that's A, with an offseason behind it, more work, more familiarity with the players, gets better in a second year. Most importantly, the New England defense. Think about this. New England had like eight opt-outs last year. Mm -hmm. They will probably all be back, which means he gets an offensive tackle and Marcus Cannon back. He gets Brandon Bolden back, who we know is a great pass catching running back. They like to use him as a change of pace guy. He will get. He will. Move the chains and is an effective piece to add both in the passing and the running game. Hightower comes back. Right. And Patrick Chung comes back, which is. Ups their defense a bunch. We are hearing a lot of words about maybe Stephon Gilmore is going to be on the trade market mm. instead of um, re-upping there. And if they trade Stephon Gilmore, they're going to get 
draft capital back, more pieces back. And I think that behind a good offensive line to get some players back, a better defense that gets a lot of players they lost back. And of course, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. This is a team that becomes significantly better adding a receiver or two. And the receiver market in this free agency is actually pretty big with a lot of guys that can stretch the field, which is what New England doesn't have. So they'll be like Deshaun Jackson's. They'll be John Ross's, who's like a really... I I have a feeling that somehow he ends up in New England. Right? He ends up in New England, not a big deal. It'd be a good place for him. Right? Josh Reynolds. Right? If they decide to spend some money, Will Fuller. Right? Those are like the... like. Think about it. There is actually, a, and they have the cap space. If Bill Belichick wants to address the wide receiver position this offseason, he has all the tools to do it. I They will need to do that. That's the only thing in my mind that makes this team viable. And I'll just say this, and I know this is not super popular, but there are people who make this argument. What has Bill Belichick done without Tom Brady? Now, I'm no Tom Brady fan, but that's a reasonable question. He's a great defensive coach. We've all we're all gonna agree to that. But can Bill Belichick bring in and recruit the wide receivers and find a way for his offense to step up their game? Because Cam had like eight touchdowns, ten interceptions last season, which is pretty bad. But they were down their wide receiver one. They were on their two and three, and we think they need to bolster their wide their wide receiving core. But New England did not get blown out a lot of games. No. They lost a ton of very close games, and their defense will get better. And they can address the wide receiver position. So I wouldn't say unless you think Edelman is going to get hurt again because he's gotten hurt like every season for like he's the last thirty five, yeah, thirty four. So that's why I think if we just think Bill Belichick is who he is, Edelman might not be there any longer. I think that he is clearly a good coach. What has he done without Tom Brady? Sure, but. He has won a lot of chips, and a lot of those Super Bowls were defensively won Super Bowls, not offensively won Super Bowls. In fact, most of the situations where Tom had to put up a ton of yards and a ton of points are the ones that they lost. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So, that's like, fair. his his formula for winning is very clear. He wants to have the defense control the field. He wants to run the ball. He wants to control time of possession and. That's something that Cam can excel at, especially when they're giving him the RPOs, the schemed runs, etc. Right? I just, Cam Newton is going to have to be in a situation where someone's invested in Cam Newton's success. We know that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels have been and have been trying to scheme for him. And when you're trying to resurge your career, that might be the most important thing. Reasonable. I'm just here to play devil's advocate, to push back on you. Congratulations, you answered the the question. (laughs) Damn, okay. Too much? Nah, you're good. All right, you're good. Um, But that was our fly route. All right. What's up, playboy? Let's get into our All-Star Weekend breakdown. All-Star Weekend has had a lot of controversy around it, to say the least. Well, I got a question for you, actually. Okay. Pause. Now, you you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember there being an All-Star game last season. Am I incorrect about that? You are not incorrect. 
Okay, so while doing research for the All-Star game, I came across this little tidbit on the NBA's website. It has all the players listed, their positions, their scoring rebounds and assists, etc. And for Kawhi Leonard, it has something interesting. So it reads, you know, five-time All-Star, two-time Finals MVP. And then it says 2020 All-Star MVP. And I was very confused because there was not an All-Star game in 2020. Please make it make sense. I have no idea. I have literally no idea. And it couldn't have been a mistake, right? Maybe it was done through like the voting process or something. And like they just wanted to give it to keep continuity. Perhaps because Kawhi got a phantom all-star MVP out there. And I'm like, how fam? Kawhi's career is so illustrious at this point <laughs> that I am literally unconcerned with that one finals MVP. <laughs> I mean, uh, all-star MVP because he has two is, finals MVPs. In like 10 years when people are talking about Kawhi and his career, are they going to bring that up? And then we're, everyone's going to be like, did that happen? Are we being gaslit? I feel like people will bring up the two finals MVPs first. Okay. The two chips so far. You know, like, look. That was just the interesting tidbit I found while I was researching. And I thought I would ask you. And I mean, if you don't know, maybe someone um, who listens to the podcast will tweet at us or hit us up and let us know why Kawhi was the 2020 Kia All-Star Game or just the All-Star MVP. All right, look, so a lot of controversy around the All-Star game and this season's All-Star games all in one day, Mm. right? I want to say March 9th or 7th. 9th, right? Sunday or whatever. Yeah, that's the 9th. Two days after we drop. Okay. Okay, two days after we drop. Okay, so Sunday the 9th. And something that was really interesting to me is that usually the All-Star game, we kind of care about the dunk contest, but less so in the more recent years. We care about the game. We don't really care about the three-point competition or the skills competition ever. And it's weird because this season is kind of the opposite, right? It's like, look, because they've tried to keep the All-Star game so small, we are now seeing star stars start to participate in the like skills competition and the three point competition. Like usually the star players participate very early on in their stardom, not later on. And now we like, these are star studded skill competitions and star studded three point competitions, but the dunk contest couldn't even field the four participants. They usually have like, nobody wants to do it anymore. I think it's because of timing. Um, the in and out of Atlanta, usually it's players who are a little younger, but with the having to limit the number or trying to limit the number of players in Atlanta, having the kind of established stars do it mean that less of them want to sacrifice their knees for something that means nothing to them. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against it. This feels like the dunk contest is kind of dying again. This will be the second time. Okay. So. What we're going to start out with is our mock draft, right? The All-Star draft is happening soon. This will be post. It'll drop a little bit after it. But we split up. DeMarcus has staunchly decided to be Team KD because he can't stand Braun. I'm going to be Team Braun. And for the purposes of this, we're not sure how they're going to do it. But I have to believe Team KD gets first pick because KD doesn't play. That makes sense. Who has the better record right now? Or I'm sorry. Is it Lakers? Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
we'll go. Demarcus gets the first pick. We'll do a little eight round thing. Katie picks first and last. Let's run it. Thought about this. Was a little torn for the first pick. I think want somebody good, star player, star name. Okay. To kind of build your team around. Okay. And so when I looked at it, I was kind of torn between Giannis, who I would normally pick, but I'm not going to this time. I'm going to pick someone who I would not normally pick, but who has been having a fantastic season on a really, really bad team. And maybe this is wrong, but Bradley Bill. He's your first pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will then, if you take Bradley Bill, I will take Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Um, I, I, look, Kawhi Leonard's great. He'll those last two minutes area. We started seeing the teams play the defense actually, because like they seem to actually want to win. At that point, I want the two way guy who can hit the tough shots. Like by far, I'll take Kawhi. Then I want the best guard on my team, James Harden. Okay. And when I say my team, I mean the Brooklyn Nets. The best guard on my team, James Harden. Okay, that is okay. I got I, a crazy backcourt. Okay, okay. At that point, I will take Steph. Okay. Um, at this point, I feel like I need some more size on my team. I need some some big men. I'm going to take the Joker. Okay. I will look. At that point, I take Embiid. Okay. I will see Embiid, and I'm a Jack, your guy. Who you love, Zach Levine. Hmm. Play some guard for me, some forward. Young player who's going to run a ball out in the game. Who's going to play hard. Okay, and I, then I'll take Giannis. You got Giannis and Embiid, so you got a lot of size there. I want some more size. I will go Tatum. Hmm, okay. Okay. He like six... Six eight, man. Okay, I'll take I'll take Chris Paul. Chris Paul. All right. Let's see who's left. Mm, we got a, we got a couple big men left. Mm, I know where I'm going though. Okay. Or I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Let me see. I got who who's my who my who my my wings. Uh, I got you. Ain't got no wings. You got. Guards and well, centers. okay, okay. I'll oh, say Tatum. Tatum is technically Tatum is a wing. Tatum is a wing. Okay. Let's put Tatum with Paul George. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. I'll take Luca. Mm, that's who I was. That's why I wanted, but I was like, I think I got too many guards. Hey, you look, you, you it's too late now. It is, it is indeed too late. Is, does that mean I have to? Who's who's left? Kawhi. No, Rudy Gobert Kawhi was my first pick. Oh no, not not, not Kawhi. I mean, um, Kyrie. Kyrie is still available. I think there's no way in hell LeBron picks. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. nigga's just been talking crazy. There's Kyrie. There is Rudy Gobert. Is that who else is left? Rudy Gobert is oh. left. Kyrie is left. Sabonis. Sabonis is left. Donovan Vuv- Mitchell. Jalen Brown. Vuvicic or whatever his name is. Uh, Vuvicic. Yes. Yeah. Zion is still available. Mm. Mm, this is difficult. I am not picking Kyrie either. So I guess okay, maybe it's KD, so he'll pick Kyrie. He'll pick Kyrie. He better pick Kyrie or Kyrie ain't showing up to work. <laughs> He's nigga. picking his teammates. Okay, I got Kyrie. <laughs> All right, if you take Kyrie at this point, 
I'm going to say, I'll take Jalen Brown. Okay. Let's see. Who is left now? Vuvicic and Sabonis. Is that it? You get Vuvicic. I get one more person, and then you're done. Okay. Then I will go ahead. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ain't no one. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. You knew what I was thinking. What do you mean you knew what oh, I was that's thinking? That's not what I thought you was thinking. What were I'll you thinking? Dame. Oh, Dame. Yeah, you forgot about young Dame time. Okay. We got. We both got good backcourts. Yes, got, we do. And then I guess now's the time for Vuvicic and Sabonis. I mean, Zach Randall's still in there. Zion's still in there. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll take well, Zion then. All right. Someone got to take Zion. Star yeah, power. yeah. Someone got to take Zion. All right. We did our first eight rounds. I'm interested to see how it shakes up. We'll probably like put a little post out about it. Let us know who you think has the better roster and whatnot. I want to move us on to the dunk contest. Three people are in there. Obi Toppin for the Knicks. Cassius Stanley, who plays for the Pacers, I'm pretty sure. And then Anthony, which, nigga, let me not talk about that name, bro. <laughs> yeah. Anthony. Look close to home there. Bruh, it's just like that Key, key and Peel skit about the football players that like, <laughs> Arizona State. <laughs> it's like she named your ass Anthony, but Anthony Simons, guard for the Trailblazers. Those are the three. They will not be able to field four. I want who you're going to take. But I looked at a ton of highlights. I was actually really interested in this. And I think Cassius Stanley is going to run away with this bitch. Really? Yes, indeed. Dude, have you seen his highlights? This nigga is nuts. This nigga was doing like 360 between the leg dunks in high school. Like, I I thought Obi Toppin was going to take this by far. He's the biggest dude in the contest. But no, no. I'm 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 picking picking Obi. Dude, this Stanley dude is disgusting. Like, uh, I hope I'm not wrong, but I feel like he's going to have some real creative shit for people. I mean, he can put himself on the map if he wins. Yes, he can. Because I can't say that the casual NBA fan knows his name. No, but like, so what? I, I'm i going to pick take Obi. I have no reason to justify it like you do. I have not done research on the dunk contest. But based on what I, I know about him in the draft process, I think he has a pretty good chance to, he has a lot of, Great vertical. The question is, how creative will he be? And will he be able to nail them on the first attempt, which is usually a, a big indicator Ooh. of uh-huh. how well they do? Uh-huh. All right. Slide on down to the three-point competition. And this is the thing. Everybody in the three-point competition was already in the all-star game, which is not something you normally see. We got Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, who is going to be my pick. Like, But you know who didn't pull up? Dame? Dame. And Dame was the first person whose name was leaked to pull up. He was talking. And, and I thought and nearly in the offseason, Steph and Dame were going back and forth about shooting logo threes during yeah. the game. Dame is like, I'll, or I think one of them is like, I'll do it. And then the other one's like, I'll do it if you do it too. And so I thought, I think great Dame chance. is dodging smoke. Listen, listen. I'm picking Steph. There's no way I'm not picking the greatest shooter ever in this contest. The Has only he person lost the three-point competition to Clay before? Thompson. Oh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying. The best shooter in the world lost to probably the second best shooter in the world, who's also his teammate. I think I'll take Steph still. Look, Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum rounded out. 
I, 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 I'm loving Zach Levine, the way he's been shooting this year. I feel like he wants to add another part of the all-star game to his resume, and I'm always picking Chicago. And then we move on to the skills competition, and this is also very similar. There's only one player in the skills competition who is not also in the all-star game, and that is Robert Covington. The rest of the skill competition is Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, who will be my pick, and Julius Randle, Vuvacic, Sabonis. It's Luka. Really? He's not athletic, but he is skilled. He obviously spends a lot of time on his, his footwork, his handles, etc. You can see him in the game. You can see it live and happening. I want to see it isolated. He's been practicing these kind of things and drills for a long time. You know, they practice real hard over in Europe, they tell me. So, what? don't, don't. Look, practice is a key thing for the skills part. Oh, look, I got no beef with European players and their practice habits. Oh, well, they run them much harder than they run NBA players. And sure. and besides Luca, I knew you were going to pick Chris Paul. Because Chris I was like, Paul is the prototypical skilled NBA player. No like, one else on this he list He doesn't pops. look like it, but he is. Uh, it wasn't even about pop. It's just like Chris Paul is good at almost every single facet of the game that matters. I mean, no one's playing defense in this, so Luca's not far behind him. He's just younger. Oh, okay, I'm just saying it's just important, and I like I like to see Chris Paul taking place, even though he's a little bit older, and like well, rounding he, out the competition. He's still he's old, but still good enough to make it on his own merit. He's not at the point yet where he's making it just because he's Chris Paul. Okay, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, the Suns currently are sitting second in the West, which when you said that was largely possible like two weeks ago i was like calm down demarcus what do you mean <laughs> mathematically very easy to explain as we sit here and i was wrong <laughs> yes i agree mathematically very easy to explain but i was like oh okay the suns look at y'all go i mean they've been fire this season i was a doubter i was wrong so quick question before we wrap this up are you gonna watch every bit of all-star weekend i can say i usually don't but now that it's going to be all compact, they might get me to at least keep it on the TV for a few hours. You might get me to see, I feel like maybe not the skills competition. I'm going to watch a dunk contest because it's the dunk contest. And I actually feel like I'm going to watch the three-point competition because of the players in the three-point competition. It's like an exciting group of people, which is what I'm saying we usually don't see. Right. So I feel like you're probably going to get me to watch most of it, most of the game as well. But definitely like the tail end of the game with the do the 24 thing, which mm -hmm. was great last year. It like reinvigorated the concept of the all star game, because while they didn't have to be super competitive the entire game, they made them competitive for a very small portion of the game. And that part of the game is always extremely fun to see. So, yes, I think you're going to get me for like 80 plus percent of the all star weekend. I, I think I'm very much the same. I think I'll probably watch the skills just because I picked Luca and that's my boy. I got a root for him. Three point, obviously. Steph is Steph, the greatest shooter of all time, changed the NBA. And then the actual game, I'm interested, number one, for the competition of the teams. And when they release the 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 drafting, which I think is gonna take place privately because they don't want I think it's privately, but it comes out uh like either the day before we drop, so on Thursday. Or, um, yeah, I think it comes out on Thursday, actually. So it'll come out. At, and then, of course, they'll do their trades and whatnot, which is why we didn't do the tail end of the draft because mm -hmm. we don't know where people will end up. But I think it's done privately and then released afterwards. 
maybe they'll do like a little FaceTime Zoom thing. It has to be. If yeah. If they want to sell it out, you know. So I'll probably watch all of it. I'll probably put it on and just kind of move around and watch all of it. I'm really excited. Uh, I want our listeners to let us know which part of the All-Star Weekend are you most interested <laughs> What? All-Star Saturday is really what? Uh, Sunday U is what you we, want to call it? All-Star Sunday. <laughs> what? What is the part of All-Star Sunday that you are most looking forward to? Is it the dunk contest, three-point contest, the game, just the general drama of seeing some of your star players who you know don't like each other together on the same court, i.e. LeBron and Kyrie? Let us know at the Fire Out Pod. A Playboy affair. All right, welcome to the final segment of our show, the heart of our show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the salacious and negative things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, we like to make a change. Right, so this week we're going to stay at home right here in Texas. I hope by now most of our listeners are aware of the devastating winter storm that hit Texas a couple weeks ago. There are still people in Texas without clean running water. Either they still have to boil their water or they're still having their homes repaired because they were devastated by broken pipes. And there's still a lot going on. Now, last week we covered the city of Houston, where Pierre Desaire, the NFL free agent cornerback, and Brooklyn Nets player James Harden donated Mills and water to thousands upon thousands of residents of Houston. This week, we're going a little bit closer to home. A guy that I hope is staying in Dallas, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Staying yeah. in Dallas? Look, let me give it, let me give it up for him anyway. Thank you. Um, he's at least going to be here this year. But <laughs> we, we are happy to have Dak. I hope that he's here for many more years because... During this crisis, different cities all over Texas opened warming centers for residents to warm up. They didn't have anywhere else to go. And thousands of people poured into these warming centers to warm up. The problem is, of course, everything, there's no power in most places. So, and because of that, that means there's no food. There's no restaurants open, no grocery stores open, et cetera. Even the ones who are open, things are in very short supply. Everyone ran out beforehand or during the first day or so and kind of bought up everything that you would want. Unless you lose power for a while, mm-hmm. all your perishables or Right, right. Mm-hmm. Which is already bad enough if you have money and transportation and a home, it's it's a struggle. But imagine being a homeless person during that winter storm. There's no way that you can stay outside for hours if it's 12 degrees and six inches of snow and ice, etc. And so the Dallas Convention Center was opened up as a warming center for a thousand homeless individuals in Dallas, which is fantastic. They're warm, but hungry and thirsty. So this is where Dak Prescott comes in. So Dak somehow hears about the situation at this particular center, which was at the Dallas Convention Center, and he ends up working with Matthew McConaughey, actually, and they donate a thousand meals. Then nigga plays himself in everything. But it's great. Okay, then let's never talk shit about Kevin Hart again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. McConaughey is much more of a... I mean, Kevin Hart's great, but McConaughey is a Texas treasure. We're going to appreciate him. We'll move on. Okay, so he worked with McConaughey to help get 
thousand meals for these homeless individuals at this warming center an organization by the name of uh let me get this right so our calling the organization by the name of our calling tweeted out kind of quick message hey essentially opening an emergency warming center for nearly a thousand homeless individuals in dallas at the convention center has been our most difficult task but we are thankful and encouraged that at Matthew McConaughey and at DAC are sending support to purchase meals for the individuals and their families. So this is obviously a big issue. This is still an issue for people who are were impacted by the storm. People, like we said, are still out of their homes if they have burst pipes, et cetera. Like there's literally not enough plumbing supplies in Texas and plumbers to fix all the burst pipes. Mm-hmm. And so this is still a huge issue. People are still having to go to shelters, water centers, et cetera. And, you know, last week we tweeted out a few links for people to donate to in case they were feeling like they maybe had a call to action, like they could help out those in need. And we felt like we could help out too. Mm -hmm. So we actually went ahead and already donated to our calling this week to help support homeless housing in Dallas. And we hope that you will too. We're going to be tweeting out the information for our calling this Friday after we drop on our Twitter. If you feel like you want to donate, just check us out. Scroll down the page. It's going to link you to the to Donation page. Anything helps. $10, $20, anything helps. These are some of our most vulnerable individuals in our city that people normally don't pay much attention to. They ignore them, but they need our help more than ever right now. And that is this week's Ballers Bouquet. All right, that is it for episode 25 of the Fly Route Podcast. As always, we want to thank each and every single one of you all for listening and stop what you're doing. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe and hit the notification bells so you can get all of our content as we are dropping things throughout the week. We want to hear from you all. What type of subjects are you interested in? Any crazy sports stories that you want some more detail about? Let us put on our Sherlock Woe chats for you all and bring you the type of content that you are interested in. Most importantly, let us know what part of All-Star Weekend that you are most interested in. What do you think about J.J. Watt going to the Arizona Cardinals? And where should Cam Newton go? What is your fly route? Let us know on Twitter or Facebook at the Fly Route Pod.